45th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student, and if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. I want to briefly explain this project because I keep getting new followers every single week. And if you've never heard it before, you might be like, what is she talking about? So here we go. Decoding Fox News was designed to help the friends, family members, neighbors, coworkers, and colleagues of people who are already deeply entrenched in the Fox News universe. Think of this as a support network of sorts to help you navigate the nonsense that your Fox-loving friends might spew at you. Throughout this podcast, I will refer to something called the newsletter, which can be found at my Substack channel for Decoding Fox News. The newsletter is basically a written version of the podcast. Some of the sources that I will reference are hyperlinked, so if you want to go find them yourself, read them yourself, you can do so on the newsletter. This week, I have a ton of them. This is like one of the, when I first started this project, it was more heavy on the writing, less on the media clips, and then it sort of shifted, and now I lean more on the media clips because ultimately I'm reporting on the media clips. I'm not reporting on the stories. It gets a little blurry. Being a media reporter is kind of wonky. It's a weird thing. You're media reporting on other media. So this time I had just three bogus experts that were chef's kiss bogus. And one of my favorite things to do is to break down their language, how they use it, and how they distort things. And so I had a lot of fun this week, but I am exhausted. Sorry, it is a little bit late. Normally I I, uh, post this a few hours before I'm posting it now, but uh, the Speaker of the House vote completely killed me last week, and that's the podcast that was um, dropped on Sunday. Now, just to give a quick heads up, I don't normally record at this time of the day, and my cats... The uh, mascots for the podcast, Odin and Thor, are both very active right now. So you might hear running back and forth or them knocking something over. You never know. Thor is tiny. He's my little tuxedo. He's absolutely amazingly destructive. I've never seen a cat like him. He's kind of amazing. He's too smart to be a cat. That's what I say all the time to him. So I am nearing the end of my grant. I have one month left. I'm not sure what's going to happen to this project yet. There's some things in negotiation, but it's all up in the air. I will not reveal anything more about it. Who knows? Um, If you want to support this project, you can go to my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. Hi, Thor. There he is. There's Thor. He's right next to me. Making noise. Way to go, Thor. Uh, You can go to my Patreon at Decoding Fox News and make a donation. I also have this little dollar sign on my Twitter that goes directly to a payment app. It just all goes to help pay for the project. Um, The grant was a humble salary, but I was happy to do it because I was very excited to work on my own project and to help debunk Fox News. Um, So here we go. Here's the headline. This is a crazy one this week. Fox News, bogus experts on parade. Give me some of that fake news. A condensed overview of, drumroll please, 27 hours of Fox News for the week ending January 8th, 2023. In addition to the onslaught of coverage of the Speaker of the House vote, a typical Fox News viewer might falsely believe that the COVID-19 vaccine and abortion medication were dangerous. 
The same viewer might mistakenly think that a food stamp recipient couldn't buy healthy foods or that Ashley Babbitt's mother was arrested for simple jaywalking. The same Fox News fan probably wouldn't know about massive flood damage in Pakistan or that Europe is experiencing a record-breaking heat wave. They could have missed stories about how the U.S. economy continued to add new jobs last month or that the South Carolina Supreme Court overturned some of the harshest abortion restrictions in that state. As usual, Fox viewers got a lot of the same stories repeated on multiple programs while missing out on major news stories. The Speaker of the House vote dominated most programs on Fox News last week. I decided to capture all of the prime team shows to give my readers the best representation of how the network covered the crisis. Now, this is dedicated to the rest of the week, the other stories that were not the Speaker of the House. So I usually do a goofy voice when I go into the section. Uh, the voices are something I, I sort of started doing on accident, and then they kind of became a tradition by request because you maniacs tell me that you like the voices. So get a lot of good feedback on the voices. So for Bogus Expert on Parade, it's simply I, I always do my, oh, I do my Midwestern voice, you know, because I'm from the Midwest. And I like, I think it's funny the way they say bogus, you know, because it's bogus, like a fake, like a fake expert. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't. They just, you know, they're just saying stuff and people believe them. So here we go. So our first bogus expert of the week, Michael Schellenberger. He has a BA in Peace and Global Studies, whatever the heck that is, and an MA in Anthropology. Despite a lack of education or training in climate science, Schellenberger has built a career as a climate change denialist, having written several books that have largely been criticized by actual scientists. He also identifies as a journalist. Schellenberger has also worked on the Twitter files, Elon Musk's bizarre public relations stunt to change public perception of Twitter. Last week, Schellenberger was invited to Jesse Waters' primetime to discuss biologist Paul Enrich's appearance on 60 Minutes. So the premise of Schellenberger's brief appearance was to somehow disprove Emmerich's prediction that the Earth could be headed for a mass extinction. This was Schellenberger's rebuttal to the segment. I'm going to break it down sentence by sentence. And it misses the fact that actually those of us that actually care about nature have done a really good job taking care of it. So that first sentence is completely useless. It's his opinion. It means absolutely nothing more than his opinion. You know, the truth is that um, we are not in a mass extinction Six percent of species are critically endangered. That's six percent too many, but that's nowhere close to the 75 or 90 percent that are required for a mass extinction. Now, the scientist he's referring to in 60 Minutes actually never said that the U.S. was in a mass extinction. He basically said we were heading towards one, which is a very different metric. Also, Schellenberger said that six percent of species are critically endangered. Now, critically endangered is a subgroup of endangered. So it's not actually it's not actually refuting anything. So I looked up uh, basically some general information about extinction rates from Columbia University Climate School, and to quote them, today the rate of extinction is occurring 1,000 to 10,000 times faster because of human activity. The main modern causes of extinction are the loss and degradation of habitat, mainly deforestation, over-exploitation, hunting over fishing, invasive species, climate change, and nitrogen pollution. So Elrich, who is the man on 60 Minutes, also included a study by the World Wildlife Federation that showed wildlife had collapsed 69% in the past 50 years 
and that an abundance of wildlife in Latin America had declined 94% since 1970. The biologist also pointed out that over 70% of Earth's land and water is now dominated by humans. Now our next bogus expert of the week was Mark Morano, also a repeat offender. He has a BA in political science, which has nothing to do with climate science. Um, he has also built a career as a climate change denialist, uh, despite having no uh, appropriate education. He has founded and runs the website Climate Depot. Uh, it's part of the Committee for Constructive Tomorrow, a U.S. non-for-profit that promotes climate change denialism. Now, last week, Morano was invited on Tucker Carlson Tonight to discuss rising energy costs across the country. The segment included specific increases in the Miami area. And I'm going to point that out because that does matter in this story. Here's his quote. And this is disproportionately impacting people on fixed income, lower income people. A higher percentage of their money goes to pay for this higher energy. And of course, you think the media would be all over that, but they're not, because they're in on what Kamala Harris described. And it's essentially this green utopian vision that has not been achieved anywhere in the world. So he's already implying that there's some sort of conspiracy. Now, I did a general search in Google for like energy price increases in the U.S. and just let me tell you, slew, just one right after the other articles published today or yesterday about this very subject. So I'm not sure what he's talking about, that the media is not talking about it, because the media is talking about it. To our policies, you have solar and wind being subsidized. There's no penalty for the unreliability, the lack of battery storage, the lack of energy they produce. They're treated equally, which then forces grids to have uh, incorporate with solar and wind mandates them into the grid, and then you end up with either shortages and consequential skyrocketing prices. We ought to start. So that first part of his sentence is true. There are subsidies for wind and solar, but there's also huge subsidies for oil and gas. Conservative estimates put U.S. direct subsidies to the fossil fuel industry at roughly $20 billion per year, with 20% allocated to coal and 80% to natural gas and crude oil. Now, I'm going to bring, back it, I'm going to bring it back to Miami, because that was supposed to be what they were talking about. Um, but the increases in energy there are due largely to increases in the cost of natural gas, a fossil fuel, because Florida is very dependent upon fossil uh, natural gas. The increase in the cost of natural gas has shot up partly due to the war in Ukraine, as Russia was a major global supplier of natural gas before the war. Now we're moving on to the third bogus expert of the week, another repeat offender. He was on here last week, Alex Epstein, who has a BA in computer science and philosophy from Duke University. I'd love to ask him how that philosophy degree has helped him with this endeavor. So Epstein is a founder and president of the Center for Industrial Progress, a for-profit organization um, that's dedicated to promoting fossil fuels. Epstein has written a number of books that promote the use of fossil fuels, despite having no training or experience in the energy industry. So Tucker Carlson invited Epstein to talk about a recently released Department of Energy study about the consequences of shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline. And apparently the Department of Energy was forced to do, to do this by law. Um, it's not a very, I, I was expecting like some 600 page study. It was like six pages. It was very short and there wasn't much to it. And here's Epstein. 
Yeah, I mean, I looked into the details of the report, and it's the minimum possible admission they could make. I mean, this thing, this cancellation of Keystone has been an absolute disaster. Number one, it made good on Biden's promise. I guarantee you we're going to end fossil fuel. And so it was really the beginning of a reign of terror on the fossil fuel industry that has suppressed investment, production, refining, right. transportation. So his phrase, beginning of a reign of terror on the fossil fuel industry, is hardly subtle and is also inaccurate. Crude oil production in the United States has actually increased since President Biden shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. So a Fox viewer would never know it, but the United States is the largest producer of crude oil in the world. The U.S. is also the largest consumer of crude oil, so it's part of the problem there. Now, I went to a source and I made a, a chart because, you know, I love charts. And I started from when the XL Keystone Pipeline was just shut down because it was actually never operational. And again, the Keystone XL Pipeline was an extension of a previously existing pipeline. Um, and that would be June of 2021. So uh, June of 2021 is when they shut it down. And I included this chart shows it's from Trading Economics. Basically, this is a chart that shows the U.S crude oil production. And you will see it just goes straight up. It doesn't go down. And it says the last date that I could get for it was October 2022, which the chart said was the December number. So I, I guess there's a lag. The general trajectory is upward, which goes against Epstein's claim that the industry is a disaster. So the main criticism of the decision to shut down the pipeline in the Department of Energy report is that it costs jobs. Not that it increased prices to consumers. So this is the actual study. This is the quote from the conclusion. Um, here it goes. The literature review for this report showed that the effect on consumer prices was inconclusive, particularly in light of the changes that have occurred in Canadian and U.S. crude oil markets since the Keystone XL pipeline was proposed. And then I included a link that has a criticism of the pipeline and says that it was completely useless. And I don't have space or, or time to do a deep dive into the many complexities of the oil and gas industry in the United States, but I included a link to an article from the Washington Post called The U.S. is the World's Largest Oil Producer. You'll Still Pay More for Gas. And it breaks it down in just there's so much going on because there's different types of oil. The oil underneath the United States is not the oil that we typically use. Um, there's refineries that are subsidized and they can only refine certain types of oil. The oil that was going to come out of the Keystone XL pipeline was shale oil. It's very thick and heavy and dirty and not the type of oil that's typically refined into gasoline. So it, there's just layer upon layer upon layer of craziness. Uh, she breaks it down very well, I think succinctly. So highly recommend that article. There's lots of lots of hyperlinks this week. I'm telling you, it's like, Almost every sentence has a hyperlink in it. So this next media clip is Tucker Carlson from Friday, the second anniversary of the January 6th attack on the Capitol. He started off with this very angry diatribe about Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt was the protester who was killed by a Capitol police officer as she tried to go through a door that was been broken into. There was a whole mob behind her. There was an extensive investigation that went on for months into the officer's behavior that day, and he was cleared 
of any wrongdoing. And I just say this before I play the clip to give you some context. 2021 was Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed 14-year military veteran. And she's the one person whose name was not mentioned during any of the official January 6th memorials. Instead, Ashley Babbitt's mother, Mickey Whithoft, was arrested today by the Capitol Police. She was apparently at the Capitol to memorialize her daughter's death. Police say she was jaywalking, so they put her in handcuffs. Hard to believe, but here's the footage. You murdered her inside the Capitol, now you're going to arrest her? From the Washington Post, Ashley Babbitt's mother arrested on Capitol riot anniversary. This is directly from the article. Whithoff, 58, was arrested around 1.45 p.m. for failing to obey police orders and blocking and obstructing roadways, according to a statement from U.S. Capitol Police. The group did not have a permit to demonstrate, the statement said, and Whithoff asked to be arrested. As is routine in these types of arrests, she was processed, given a citation to appear in court, and released. Yes, that's my voice on the tweet. Uh, I stuck it on the media for the tweet, so there's a bunch of those this week because I had to kind of explain stuff. So anyway, so this next one is... uh, an arson clip, and this was shown on every single show that I surveyed last week. Every single show. They just kept whipping it out because it's like the kind of thing that Fox News loves. Now, you can't see it, so I'm going to describe it to you. It's two, it looks like young men. One appears white. You can't tell the race of the second young man. They're dressed in all black. They come up with what looks like gasoline. They try to throw it on a building. And when they light it, because they're idiots and they don't know that gasoline basically explodes when you light it, it explodes and it sets both of them on fire. Um, And they run away. On Monday, a pair of arsonists tried to burn down a small business in California. But let's just say things backfired on them. (laughs) And if you break the law, you might get burned. This story was featured on multiple Fox News programs last week. The business is simply described as a small business. This is why Fox may not have mentioned the specifics. Firefighters were able to knock down the fire within minutes, limiting damage to that business, which provides immigration and naturalization services. The motive for this attack attack is unclear. I think it's rather obvious why Fox News did not include what kind of services that business provided. Um, Not only did it provide naturalization and immigration services, but the name of the company was in Spanish. It was like all in Espanol. Uh, Fox regularly demonizes migrants and has called them invaders and even likened our southern border to the war in Ukraine, which is completely, absolutely absurd. But there you go. So this next clip is um, Jesse Waters. He was so preoccupied last week with the food pyramid, which is nutty because the food pyramid is merely a guideline. There's you, you can eat whatever you want. The government can come up with, hey, we want you to eat these foods, but you can eat whatever you want. Doesn't really matter. So here's this segment. And he just says something that's completely false. Again, you're going to hear my voice because this is from a tweet 
like a package that I put together. Here you go. Now the government won't tell you this, but most of these junky foods they're pushing also just happen to qualify for food stamps. And you can't buy healthy food with food stamps, but you can buy as many chocolate-covered almonds as you want. That is blatantly not true. That is blatantly false. So, SNAP is the actual term that the government uses for food stamps. This is directly from their website. The things that you cannot buy with SNAP benefits are basically alcohol, vitamins or supplements, live animals, except for shellfish, foods that are served hot inside the store, so prepared food that is hot when you buy it, not eligible, and then pet foods, cleaning supplies, hygiene items, or cosmetics. Other than that, you're free to buy whatever you want in the store with your SNAP benefits. Anything. You could buy all meat. You could buy all cereal if you want. There's no restriction. Now, for WIC, that is another incredibly popular food program in the United States that's for women, infants, and children. That's children under the age of five. That list includes plenty of healthy foods, including vegetables and fruits, milk, eggs, beans, peanut butter, juice, cheese, yogurt, canned fish, baby food, infant WIC-approved cereal, WIC baby formula, whole grain foods such as rice, bread, cereal, tortillas, and pasta. So I included WIC in that because WIC is a program that actually does have restrictions on the type of food a recipient can buy, but it's the exact opposite of what Jesse Waters said. I'm not even sure why he said that. He was going on this whole, like, big sugar is evil um, kick, and, you know, food companies are promoting their, their food, and I... Plenty, there's plenty to criticize about the food pyramid, although they did just redo it again. Uh, and I get sort of the point, but what he said about food stamps is just... And this was one of the moments where uh, every now and then somebody on Fox will say something that makes me so mad. I just yell at my computer, like openly yell. Like if you could see me in my little tiny apartment screaming at my laptop, this was one of those moments. My family was on WIC. Um, when I was a very small child in the 70s when we had crazy high interest rates and unemployment and the economy was a disaster. So this next section is about how the FDA changed the rules regarding abortion medication. And this is Dr. Nicole Sapphire. She's a medical contributor at Fox News. She's one of the better ones they have. Uh, I cut this way down. The tweet that I had on it is two minutes long. For the podcast, because it is kind of long, I just cut it down to the very, very end, sort of the conclusion. Here you go. So if someone is considering medical abortion, I strongly encourage you to be under the direct care of a physician, of someone who's doing an ultrasound to confirm the gestation of that baby, make sure there's nothing wrong, and doing the appropriate physical examination. I think we need to stop cutting through the red tape and politics need to stop inserting themselves into science as that's what we're seeing here. Mm -hmm. They're taking away these safety barriers and people are going to be harmed because of it. So I agree with the doctor and in a perfect world, uh, every pregnant person, woman, girl should be able to go to the doctor, get everything checked out, take abortion medication if that's their choice, and then have everything, you know, you're good, you're good to go, everything's safe, everything's great. But we don't live in those times anymore. And when she made the comment about you shouldn't insert politics into things with health, I just thought, yeah. Do you not see the irony of what you just said there? I also want to point out, and again, people have very strong feelings on pro-life and pro-choice, and I get it, but I just want to point out very quickly that if people don't get something that's relatively safe, incredibly safe, actually, 
as the medication um, for abortion. Like they take a pill, they have their period, it's over. Um, if they don't have access to that, they might try something far more dangerous, like what existed before we had medication for abortion. And that's all I will say about it. So plenty of people said abortion is going to get more dangerous when Roe v. Wade is overturned. And sadly, I think that's what's happened. So this next section is about um, the football player who got in that horrible accident and had a cardiac arrest on the field. And of course, uh, Damar Hamlin. And of course, Tucker Carlson, being Tucker Carlson, made a leap to the COVID-19 vaccine. And you're going to hear my voice on this as well. Also have some great links in the newsletter to various sources on this one. Highly recommend. We don't know exactly why DeMar Hamlin collapsed last night, but at the same time, there are concerns about cases like this. Young athletes collapsing on the field of heart problems, and there has been a dramatic increase in this. You're not imagining it. So what is this? Cardiologist Peter McCullough and researcher Pangus Polycritus looked into this trend in Europe, European sports leagues, they found that prior to COVID and the COVID-19 vaccines, there were roughly 29 cardiac arrests in those European sports leagues per year. Since the vax campaign began, there have been more than 1,500 total cardiac arrests in those leagues. So that is false. So Carlson is referencing a letter, not a scientific study. The researcher cited a number from a blog that lists news stories about recent deaths and medical emergencies among people of all ages from all over the world, some of which were attributed to other causes, such as cancer. Okay, this next clip is from PBS NewsHour. This man is an American cardiologist, currently a distinguished professor of cardiology at Northwestern, and also editor-of-chief of JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association, Cardiology. That's a lot. Here you go. He also rejected the rumors being spread that a COVID vaccine and the very rare side effect of myocarditis could be implicated here. First of all, the incidence of myocarditis uh, after a COVID vaccination is is real, but it's very, very low, very, very low. Um, and um, unlikely that the individual who has myocarditis would feel healthy enough to be participating at that level of sports activity. I mean, that, that's a, a truly, a, you know, one one in the 10 million kind of possibility here. And that, yeah, that doctor, that cardiologist the PBS had on, I don't think you could get a better expert. He's the former president of the uh, American Heart Association. He had all these insane credentials. I was like, wow. I was kind of blown away by him. He was like JAMA for cardiology and a professor of cardiology at Northwestern. I was like, bravo, tip of the hat, PBS. So another reason why I'm a huge fan of the PBS NewsHour is they also get like top-notch, the best guests in in the industry they have like heads of state <laughs> like no big deal like we're gonna just talk to the prime minister of estonia or whatever i don't know if it's a prime minister or president i'm sorry i apologize but that's what they do they have like you can't i am blown away all the time at the people they have on that show anyway so here we go here's the list it's not as bad as as, as it was because i think the speaker of the house still dominated everything that crazy vote was like the story last week so here we go. We're going to start with some climate change stories that are quite sad. The Philippines was hit with massive flooding over the holiday season, including a vicious storm on Christmas. Thousands were, have been displaced and at least 51 people are confirmed dead. 
Pakistan is still recovering from floods that displaced millions, cost the lives of 1,700 people, and plunged one-third of the country underwater. Pakistan generates less than 1% of greenhouse gases. PBS featured several segments about the crisis over the course of the week. Parts of that country are still underwater. That was just mind-blowing to me because those floods happened months ago. Europe is experiencing a record-breaking winter heat wave. On New Year's Day, at least eight European countries recorded their warmest January ever. Itmar Ben-Gavir, the new radical right minister of national security in Israel, visited the Al-Aqsad Mosque compound in Jerusalem. The compound is referred to as the Temple Mount by Jews and Haram al-Sharif by Muslims. It is the most religiously sensitive site in Jerusalem. His visit was seen as insulting as Ben-Gavir has expressed views in the past of building a synagogue on the site. And I'll briefly explain that area from what I read is Jews and Christians are allowed to visit the compound, but they are not allowed to worship there. And Ben-Gavir has said in the past that he wants, that's called the status quo. And Ben-Gavir has said in the past that he wants to change the status quo. So, of course, that would anger many Muslims. The U.S. economy added 223,000 jobs last month, which is slightly lower than the previous month, but still a sign of a healthy economy. The unemployment rate ticked down to 3.5%. Now, two different states had two different rulings on abortion. In a 3-2 ruling, the South Carolina Supreme Court struck down a ban on abortion at six weeks. The court based its decision on the state constitution's privacy protections. Also, in a 3-2 decision, the Supreme Court of Idaho upheld the state's near-total abortion ban. The law allows immediate and extended family members to sue medical providers who perform abortions for no less than $20,000. The same law does allow an exception for abortions performed to save a pregnant person's life or in documented cases of rape or incest. Twitter plans to lift its ban on political ads on the platform. The ban was put in place three years ago by former CEO Jack Dorsey. Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan, a Democrat, will not seek re-election in 2024. Stabenow was first elected to the Senate in 2000 after serving two terms in the House. Stabenow is 72 years old. The list of countries imposing COVID-19 restrictions on travelers from China continues to grow. The United States, Australia, Canada, India, Israel, Malaysia, Morocco, Qatar, South Korea, Taiwan, France, Germany, Greece, Italy, the Netherlands, Portugal, Spain, and Sweden have all introduced additional COVID measures for arrivals from China due to the surge of new cases of the disease. Meta, the parent company of Facebook, was hit with a $4 million in fines in Ireland for online privacy violations and banned the company from forcing European users to agree to personalized ads based on their online activity. Now, this next one is weird because the cutoff for this was Friday, and a lot has changed in Brazil since Friday. Um, but what was a boring story is now not, uh, not at all boring stories. But Lula da Silva was sworn in as Brazil's president. That was his last week. Fox didn't mention it, weirdly. Didn't mention it, but now they're talking about it because there was uh, attempted insurrection sort of in Brazil. Uh, Fox also has not really discussed the Ukraine war lately. Russia continues to target civilian areas. Russia also proposed a ceasefire for the Russian Orthodox Christmas that was largely met with skepticism by Ukrainians. South Korea and 
The United States are discussing each country's involvement in the U.S. nuclear weapons management after multiple threats by North Korea. The military government of Myanmar released more than 7,000 prisoners under an amnesty to mark the country's Independence Day. The government has faced international isolation and Western-led sanctions since the military seized power from a democratically elected government last February. The, e- the EPA just issued new standards for soot. They want to control soot, a form of air pollution. And the FTC just proposed a near total ban on non-compete clauses. Now that varies from state to state. So if a federal ban did happen, that could help millions of workers. Now non-compete clauses are basically when a company says that you can't do similar work for a competitor for X amount of months or whatever. It depends on the state, depends on the contract. And it makes sense somewhat for people who are very high up in a company that basically says you can't go work for a competition. You have to wait like six months, you have to wait a year or whatever. But for low-level employees, it's absolute garbage. And a lot of times when people have tried to challenge non-compete clauses, they're thrown out in court. And in some states, I just want to include this because I found this very disturbing and awful. In some states where they are 100% illegal, they're still in contracts. And workers may not know that. And so they see their contract and they freak out and they go, oh, well, I can't go work for, you know, I work for Tyson Foods. I can't go work for Pillsbury, you know, or whatever. I'm just make, just throwing that out there. When, again, if you're a low-level employee, that's absolute garbage. Now, the next section in the uh, newsletter were by the numbers. And I couldn't write anything more because I'd run out of space. Say too many graphs this week. I had too many things, graphics that took up too much space in Substack. So I will just describe them to you. You could see them on the newsletter. I just couldn't write any commentary. So basically, the top five categories for Fox were Speaker of the House, the funeral of Pope Benedict, University of Idaho murders, border crisis, and the Damar Hamlin accident. Pretty standard. And then PBS, by comparison, went to Speaker of the House vote. Then something not really, they did comment on it, but in a very, very different way and barely commented on it. PBS spent 16% of its airtime on the January 6th anniversary. They broke it down every single day into different categories and explored different parts of the crisis and talked to different people about it. And I thought it was fascinating how PBS did it. Bravo again, tip of the hat. Next one was the Dammer Hamlin accident. Then they did their usual artist profile. And then Pakistan recovering from flooding, which they also broke down differently every single day, showed different aspects of the problem. And it's absolutely devastating what happened in Pakistan. It, words cannot describe how awful it is in that country and how horribly it's been hit. I, I was shocked. I knew they had really bad flooding months ago. I had no idea parts of the country are still underwater um, and probably will never recover. Uh, so... Anyway, so words used on Fox for the last week were McCarthy at 588 times, whoo, Biden 274, Border 244, another Trump was 86, crime 83, and again, this was like double the normal amount that I consumed, so it was a big, all the numbers are bigger. Lauren Lauren Boebert made it 26 times, Ukraine 25, Marjorie Taylor Greene five times, Clown Show three times, and Fetterman, who's now becoming the new AOC, made it twice. AOC was mentioned 10 times. So next week, I'll be doing the first hour of Fox and Friends, The Five, and my favorite, and I when I say that, I say that with joy in my heart, with total sarcasm, Tucker Carlson tonight.
Oh my goodness, every time. Every time with that man. Just, I can't, I can't handle it. So thank you so much for listening. I should have another podcast next week. I am completely exhausted doing two of these in a row. I had, two weeks ago I did watch 30 hours. Last week I watched 27 hours. I don't want to ever do that again. Hopefully I'll be straight to 15 this week so I don't die. I'm kidding, sort of kidding. And um, again, if you want to support the, the project, you can do so at my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. Thank you so much for listening. Odin and Thor, thank you. And I will see you at the next podcast. 